Welcome in to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Eager, and back for some more FCS and draft prop action is my co-host and friend, Ben Brown. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm set for another Friday night FCS. Actually, we already got, you know, two games uh, coming up for us here on week four and, uh, you know, a few more that I'm definitely looking forward to. So I can't wait to get right into it. Yeah, this uh, New Hampshire game, uh, not quite going necessarily how we thought or the betting markets thought pre-flop. It was about a pick minus New Hampshire's minus one at home, pick it got down to, closed at New Hampshire minus two and a half. And as it's wont to do, Ben, uh, this season in FCS, uh, New Hampshire did end up covering in the first half on a, on a block punt uh, return for touchdown. Um, but they have since given up two touchdowns to Albany uh, in the third quarter and trail by seven uh, and are punting on fourth and 20. Um, so, you know, again, it's one of those where if you're somebody, and I think this is kind of how we've been, we've tried to combine data, but a little bit of sort of not steam chasing, but sort of looking at how the market's gone. Yeah. That second part is not necessarily going to be what's good for you, I think at least through, you know, let's say three weeks here uh, in FBS, um, yeah. yeah, sorry, FCS. And then last night we had South Dakota going to North Dakota. Um, South Dakota was seven at the end, I think closer to seven and a half point underdogs. They ended up losing by 11, 21-10. Uh, North Dakota, a team that we backed last week, a team that we've, we've liked. Um, we were four and three on the podcast last week. North Dakota was one of those. They won outright as underdogs. Um they they look to be in FCS contention for the whole thing. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And this was actually a spot where, you know, the market movement was right. I know we've kind of harped on that a little bit in the FCS, but I think North Dakota was more like a six and a half point favorite to open. Like you said, pushed out uh, to a touchdown, even seven and a half in some spots. This was a spot where uh, the market direction was indicative of, you know, the correct team actually finishing and covering so um that is noteworthy but yeah i think you know in general the fighting hawks kind of look like they're going to be you know on the forefront of this fcs championship discussion i know everyone wants to talk about otis way uh i think he had something like 16 force miss tackles on 30 carries before last night's game i think that's only going to rise here so averaging basically over um averaging right around 50 percent of his uh carries result in a missed tackle force i think is quite you know reflective of how good he's been so uh they're a team that i don't mind back and i don't think we're necessarily going to get um any futures markets in season at this point for the fcs but they are a team that i'm you know kind of looking to back at this point coming forward is that the spot where you kind of like them too eric yeah north dakota's uh quarterback timmy uh Jim schuster tommy schuster has not lost a start yet that's another thing I think defensively they're stronger than maybe people give them credit for as well. Um, and, you know, one of the things to, which is not trivial, is saw North Dakota State lose outright the other day. We've seen James Madison last week look a little bit sluggish. So some of the teams that are ahead of them, um, maybe not necessarily the champions that everybody wants to make them out to be. That obviously bodes well uh, for North Dakota here. Um, big fourth down and one here as, as we as we close in on the third quarter. Uh, looks like they're going to give Albany the first down um, as the third quarter closes here. But in any in any event, uh, this one's going to go down to the wire here uh, with New Hampshire two and a half point favorites pre flop. Um, luckily, we got some Albany at halftime, Ben, because 
I, I don't know if it's, it, it looks like it's the clear better team uh, here in, in the in the this Albany squad. Let's go and talk briefly uh, about this week's games. One game that we gave out last week that I thought, you know, ended up being a no doubter was the Virginia Military Institute under. That was in the 60s. That game, I think, got barely got into the 30s. Uh, I have to look back. 14-13, yeah. I think VMI beat uh, Furman 14-13, so 27 points basically. Exactly. So I'm going back to the well here. Western Carolina struggled last week on defense. They're giving up a 54% success rate on the year defensively. I think that's where the leak in this bet is. But the number 63, VMI so far this season, has been in the 30s, both offensively and defensively in success rate. So I'm going to go under 63. That's one that I bet early in the week. Uh, that's one that has stayed basically where it is. I might bet it again tomorrow, um, but that's one I really like, Ben. Yeah, I mean, I, that number I think immediately jumps out to anybody that's kind of been following the FCS basically for the last four weeks. It's just uh, one of only three games that have a total over 60, and I think, uh, you know, the other ones maybe are a little bit more justified. We have Eastern Washington at, at Northern Air, or playing against Northern Arizona, 64-point total. Um, so I think maybe this is probably the correct spot uh, to definitely be on under Western Carolina versus Virginia Military Institute. I think that, um, you know, neither offense has really showed any sort of production uh, throughout the number of snaps that they both had. I think Western Carolina has basically had, what, three or four games at this point. So they are kind of, you know, what we would expect. So I don't really know uh, why the market is so high on points being scored in this particular matchup. So I do think that that would probably be uh, one of the best bets that you can make coming up here in week four. There are a few other ones. Um, not quite sure what to make, basically, but kind of like uh, Idaho versus UC Davis. Obviously, UC Davis is kind of starting off their season. Idaho played decently well last week, minus three and a half. Obviously, if you get it down closer to three, I think Idaho is the correct play. But even at three and a half, I don't mind paying the hook. I do think they're going to play quite well uh, and probably roll over UC Davis here. So that's another one that I kind of like coming up here in week four. What else do you got from UC America? Davis, the former uh, school of one Ken O'Brien who was drafted ahead of Dan Marino in the 1983 draft. Um, yeah, I like that. Way Idaho, a former uh, Division I FBS team. I like Samford plus 10 at Furman. As you said, Furman, uh, you know, struggled with VMI last week. Um, that was, you know, another game where, you know, if you look at these two teams, you're looking at two teams whose success rate on both offense and defense, well less than 50%. Furman's defense has been great so far. Um, but Sanford's offense, over 50% in terms of success rate on offense. So if they can get a little bit going there, and this game is low scoring, but they're putting up a touchdown or two, plus 10 might be hard uh, for the favorites to cover there. Another one I like is Jackson State at Grambling, Grambling's first outing of the year. Jackson State is getting 10.5 points. They have the highest 24-7 recruiting ranking in our data for FCS teams. They were also very good in their first outing. Um, let's see what Deion Sanders' uh, kids have here uh, in, in that one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they were kind of dominant, basically, in their first match of the year. And they have, what, 51.9% success rate uh, and are even better defensively. I think they obviously had, you know, that one shutout that kind of carried forward uh, their performance on the defensive side of the football. But uh, they're a team that I definitely am buying into. And it's kind of surprising. I thought, you know, once we saw, like, the week one number four Jackson State, I did think, if there was going to be some sort of like public team in the FCS, it would probably be Jackson State. So I do think that this number kind of not only getting out to 10 and a half, but also moving away from them basically since the open um, is probably a spot where you want to kind of fade the market a little bit. So I definitely am buying into Jackson State as well. So what do we got? Let's wrap it up. Um, 
for our FC, favorite FCS bets, we got what? Western Carolina, VMI under 63. We got Idaho minus three and a half versus UC Davis. Um, we got uh, Jackson State, of course, just talked about ten and a half. What was the last one that we had, Eric? Here's the last one that I like. I like Dixie State getting three and a half at New Mexico State. New Mexico State, fool me once, shame on you, et cetera, et cetera. Dixie State was a pick we gave out last week. Not only did they cover as 27 and a half point underdogs, they won outright. Uh, you know, New Mexico State obviously being a FCF, FBS team could, you know, obviously play well here. But Dixie State beat Tarleton State, who blew the doors off in New Mexico State. That's kind of like, you know, you know, the, there's there's transitivity that's often violated in football. But right. I still, you know, I'm going to take the points here. It's also at the end of the week. Um, so it's a game, you know, if you're watching any of these FCS games, you're going to be watching the last one. So th- that's one I like quite a bit, Ben, uh, as we as we move on here. Um, draft props. Ben, I took we you know, we bet on these together. I took. I thought I got a great number a couple weeks ago when I took Zach Wilson minus 167 to be the second overall pick. Um, that number is currently minus 310. There's a stray minus 190, uh, I believe, on FanDuel, hopefully still, uh, for the listeners. That That's great line value. We have no idea what's going to happen in this draft, right? Mm-hmm. We're just we're just trying to you know get good numbers here. And I found one that I liked quite a bit here as well, um, which is Jamar Chase. Um, at one four, minus 149 to be the first wide receiver. We got this early in the week. We're finding it everywhere at something like minus 167, for example, at DraftKings. So, Ben, what do you think uh, about Jamar Chase relative to, say, the Devontae Smiths, the Jalen Waddles, and now with you know the, the nice number he got at a pro day, Rashad Bateman? Yeah, I mean, uh, basically what, it, what is break-even percentage at minus 167, 62.5%. I do think... Um, we're getting a little bit of a discount on Jamar Chase based on the sole fact that he didn't really participate last year, right? Um, I think Devontae Smith had this historic Heisman Trophy season. Obviously, uh, there's going to be a little bit of bias or market lean towards the most recent performance, but I don't think people are fully taking into account how dominant Jamar Chase was in 2019. I mean, he was, outside of Devontae Smith, had the best uh, college wide receiver season that we've seen in our PFF database dated back to 2014. So I think from that perspective, with what he was able to do, um, obviously he had a lot of talent around him as well, but I do think that there's just some reasons for why he is far and away the best wide receiver in this draft class. Obviously there's going to be some knocks on Devontae Smith through the, you know, the weight aspect, um, you know, how good can he actually play? Jamar Chase doesn't really have any of those. So I think if people are buying into this idea that a guy like Jalen Waddle uh, might have the same kind of you know rise up draft boards that Henry Ruggs saw last year. I think that that's probably just a little bit overstated. So I do think if you can get you know Jamar Chase at one of these you know it's not you know it's it's I think it's still fair price play for at like minus one sixty five minus one sixty seven. I think um, getting him at that six two point five percent break even probably is definitely um, a lot shorter odds than what is probably going to be the case when he actually gets drafted the first you know as the first wide receiver. Probably to the Bengals as the fifth overall pick. I think it's got it's going to happen. So I do. Um, I don't really like any long shots in this particular market. I think Jamar Chase is definitely the play um, from the wide receiver position. But I know I think you have a little bit of a different lean on the first running back selected. Let's talk a little bit about that here for a second. If there was yeah, one we guy, we might have talked about this last week, but I think Javante Williams at plus seven hundred. You're seeing some movement with the ETN 
uh, and Angie Harris. Harris now, I think, is even money. Etienne is like minus 121 now. Um, so you're seeing some movement there. I think Javante Williams at plus 700 is would be my long shot bet there. I think I've put some money on that already. Um, but here's the last thing we'll talk about. And, I, and I'm, I'm excited for this one because it's the first one I saw. I even made a Twitter poll about it. I'm going to write about it next week. But it's already moved, Ben. Mac Jones opened. He was the first sort of over-under uh, pick that I saw at one of the, you know, sort of the the more popular books. He opened up at draft selection 18 and a half. Now he's 17 and a half. It's minus 112 on both sides. What do you think about this, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting for the price where we can get all five quarterbacks in the top 10 picks. I think if you can get that at a really nice price, plus price, that would be my favorite bet. So I am definitely leaning towards under. I would go with the market direction on Mac Jones. Um, I do think we're going to see uh, a pretty high run on quarterbacks over the first five selections, even a, you know one potential trade up. So I do think we'll probably see uh, three go in the top five pretty easily. From there, I do think we'll probably see the other two selected in the you know um, probably in the early t- early teens. Basically, I would project Trey Lance basically to go what seventh, eighth, and then you know Mac Jones anywhere in a trade basically from you know. 13 to 16, I think is definitely a viable play. Is that the side that you probably lean on at this point? It's interesting. I, um, you know, it's, I, I was on VEASAN, or no, I was on um, ESPN Radio in Las Vegas this week, and, you know, somebody was, was talking about the over four and a half quarterbacks in the first round prop, and, and I, I noticed the price actually got down. Over was minus 670 yesterday, now it's minus 590. Um, under was plus 450 yesterday, plus 400 today. I, a little bit of movement, yeah. I, I kind of like under there only because this we've seen this play out before. In 2000, you know, we've seen a ton of quarterbacks go early, right? So 2018, you had the four guys go top 10, and then you're sweating out Lamar Jackson at 32. You don't even get to Mason Rudolph till round three. Right. The total there was five and a half. You know, went under, sailed under. 2017, you had Watson Mahomes. Trubisky go top 12. Kaiser obviously thought of as a first-round prospect by some. Didn't go until the second round. 2019, Drew Locke, I think, was was basically mocked to the Denver Broncos at 10. He doesn't even go until the Denver Broncos' second, second round pick. Right, right. Um, and then a season ago, we're all sweating out Jordan Love. He finally does go to the Green Bay Packers in the late first. Um, but, you know, those are those are things that you really have to be, I think, concerned about as a Taylorist there. I think most of us can really envision a team going up and getting Mac Jones. And I think my poll was overwhelmingly under 18 and a half. Right. But the Taylorist there is, you know, and that's why I kind of like it, obviously, if you can bet just the, the flat. That's why some of these that are big priced, you know, that's why they're not quite as good. Um, you know, when you look at the, the flat price at 17 and a half, I do think like the market is going to trend under there, but if you want a a, a high price pop, maybe think of him, him or Trey Lance, not necessarily even going in the first round at four to one. Right. I mean, I definitely don't mind it, right? Because I think we, you know, we have a hard time uh, divorcing this idea of how valuable valuable quarterbacks are and how you know where they should be drafted as far as where they're actually going to end up being drafted, right? And we always want to think that the teams are kind of listening to said advice, overvaluing the quarterback position, and we're going to see some movement um, to kind of get them up there. But, yeah, like you said, if there's 
if Mac Jones falls past a certain point, there's definitely a dead zone where none of these teams are really going to be drafting a quarterback in the first round. And from there, you know, he kind of falls out. And that's where you have, you know, that tail risk element where you get paid four to one on a long shot bet. So I don't know. There's uh, definitely some viable plays. I am excited to see some more, uh, you know, player markets as far as over-unders. I do think that's probably the correct approach in general for some of these draft props coming up here uh, over the next couple of months. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. I think, you know, free agency will be great. I think some markets at the team side will move. I think we're going to have more, uh, you know, this podcast will be more than just an FCS podcast over the next few weeks as a result. Um, and obviously the draft coming up. I'm, I'm just excited for the markets that these can produce. Unlike last year, there will be other sports going on at the same time. Um, but I think like last year, we're going to have a lot of volume on the draft. I think the, the betting information is going to offer us a, a great deal of information. So I'm excited for that. So for Ben Brown, this is Eric Eager. This has been the PFF Daily Betting Podcast.